Hey guys, we want to introduce you to the first ever podcast for Redeemer Church Columbus area. This podcast is one that we're essentially recording for those that are a part of the core group or maybe listening later, and it's for people that are just a part of the church in general. Our desire in this is just to provide a resource for those that are being a part of the church in some capacity or another. Um, and my name is James White, and I am one of the planting pastors of Redeemer Church. And I have the joy and the privilege to sit here with David Tilly. David, tell us just a brief amount of information about yourself. What's up, guys? My name is David. Um, I'm 27, the husband of a beautiful, beautiful wife, uh, Jessica. I have a beautiful little daughter. She's about one and a half years old. I work at Max Shan Lumber Company, uh, Sawyer there. Um, worked with James in ministry for several, several years, known him for a long time, and uh, I was excited to get to, to work with him in this church plant. Um, I'm excited. Really looking forward to seeing where this is going to go, who all we're going to reach, and how we're going to reach Columbus. So I'm excited. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, Redeemer Church uh, really strives to be a multi demographic community of believers with this purpose of glorifying God by proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, and resting in Christ as we do so. This is an interesting uh, desire, uh, but it's a desire to really reach people for the name of Christ, not to glorify one individual or another, or even build up a church, but rather to see lost individuals come to know Christ. As we do that, that we would then commit to discipling them and how to follow Christ. And while doing this work, simply just to rest in the sovereign plan of God to accomplish it on our behalf. Because we rightly understand that one salvation is not based off anything they do, but just the same, not based off anything we do. So all we do is simply rest in Christ as we seek to do what he has called us to do. And as I mentioned earlier, this podcast is really for those that are being a part of the church in some capacity or the other. Maybe you're in the Columbus area and you're listening and you hear it, and maybe you want to be a part of the church. You can go to our website at www.redeemercolumbus.com and reach out to us or just find us on any kind of social media link. But at this point, we want to kind of move forward into the topic of the podcast for this episode. So our topic today is God, the Holy and Righteous Creator. And so this topic is very important as we look at planning the church um, because it's an important topic for the believer because this topic is just really the beginning stage of what the gospel is. And really what I mean by that is there's this book called What is the Gospel? by Greg Gilbert, and really the point in his book is to express that often the gospel is misunderstood or mischaracterized by believers, where it really should be something that we all agree on. And in his book, he kind of breaks down the gospel in these four simple words, which is God, man, Christ, response. That again, is God, man, Christ, response. And the point in that being is that God is this perfect and holy creator and that has created all things and as the creator of all things he owns us he is in control of us therefore he can demand from us what he desires and the reality though is because he is perfect and because he is holy meaning without sin or without failure he can demand from us righteousness and holiness which is the problem though 
Because none of us is holy, none of us is perfect. No man has ever been perfect outside of Christ. And because of that, God being righteous has to judge sinners for their sin. So we as individuals that have sinned against a perfect and holy God are deserving of his wrath and punishment for our sin. But thankfully, God sent his son into the world to die for us. Meaning that he lived this perfect and sinless life just to end it by being nailed to a cross, being laid into a tomb and dying for our sin. But him being completely God rose again after three days and conquering sin and death in the grave and in doing so that all who trust in Jesus and nothing else can be saved from their sin. See, but to really understand this, you have to start with God. The reason being is that if we don't understand that God is who God is, we don't understand sin for what it is. And if we don't understand sin for what it is, we don't see the need for Jesus. And if we don't have a need for Jesus, what he accomplished on the cross is useless to us. And if that is useless to us, then why put our faith in someone like that? So we start with God and we understand who God is. Because if God is our creator, then we rightly understand that we are accountable to him. Meaning that we are ones that have to be accountable to the way that we lived in this life. And the issue is all of us are sinful. So therefore we all lived in error and in shame and in sin. And so God being also holy and righteous has to judge us of said sin. And so because of that, men are in need of something greater. And that is the point of starting with God. Is when we start with God being holy as our creator, then we rightly understand and know that we are undeserving of anything offered to us in Christ Jesus. And we start with God when we share the gospel simply because most people, not all people, most people really don't understand the holiness of God and their need for a savior in Christ Jesus because of their sinfulness. And so we start with God in most cases, so that there is a clear foundation of their need for salvation. Now, as I've, I've talked about this many times, and as the book expresses, this God-man-Christ response is not this slavish outline that we must follow when we share the gospel, but rather a just good way of understanding and articulating the gospel. And as we encounter people, they may be at a different place than other people. Um, mainly speaking that often somebody that is in deep conviction of their sin you may not spend much time in unfolding sin itself, but it may be helpful to start with God being holy so that they can rightly understand their sin. Um, and then even often in the South, it's very important to start off with God being our creator is that though people have a clear understanding of who God is, and many people would even claim to be Christians, the reality is they have a misunderstanding of the holiness of God because they often think of God as someone as loving and gracious and forgiving and all of those things are true, right, David? Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> a lot of people here in the South, you know, we think, you know, God is, I guess you would say, the man upstairs. Um, I've heard that so many times um, that, you know, God is loving, God is gracious, but and he is all those things. He's loving and gracious, but, you know, he's also one who does have a wrath and does have, you know, if you don't follow 
his will, you know, somebody who can you know, take you down, I guess you would say. Exactly. And so we, we must start with God because there's this misunderstanding often that God is this grandpa that yeah. kind of just loves our attention. And these are analogies in the book, whereas the gospel is so not original to me, uh, or that God's this janitor that just sweeps our sin under the rug. But yeah. God's neither one of those things, right? No. God is this holy and righteous God that has to judge sinners for their sin. And if he doesn't, he's not, he's not, right, he's not righteous. If God does not judge sin, he is unrighteous. So he has to. Um, and so for the believer, God is either judging or for the individual, God is either judging the sin uh, of the individual or judging us by our faith in Christ. And so we're either righteous through Christ or not righteous at all. And so that's why we start with the gospel. Yeah, I mean, um, um, and we start with the gospel. Um, why is the gospel you know, important to unbelievers? Well, I think the most important thing for the unbeliever when thinking of the gospel is simply that this is their only hope. Now, they may not understand this in the way that they need to yet, uh, simply because they're unbelievers. But for the believer, we rightly know that this is their only hope in life and death. This is their only way of being saved from their sin. So the gospel is crucial for the unbeliever because if they don't accept Christ, they are doomed to an eternity in hell away from God forever and evermore. And there is no hope for them if they've heard the gospel or not. Yeah, I mean, I mean we talked about this earlier um, in Romans one twenty. Everybody has heard the gospel at some point mm -hmm. i mean through creation you know god is yeah um, god's revealed himself through creation yeah romans 120 yeah um, we talked about that earlier um so whether or not you've been in a church building or not you know god has revealed his gospel to you um you know he paints the skies um he paints the galaxies he's working through everybody whether you're a believer or a non-believer uh, but the real question is you know why is the gospel important for the believers well, I think it's important for the believer first and foremost because that is what brings us salvation. And I think that's been clear so far in the last 10 minutes, so I don't want to spend much time there. But it's crucial for the believer because it transforms everything about their life. It changes the way they eat their food. It changes the way they use the restroom. It changes the way they work at their jobs. They raise their children. They are married. It changes the way they treat singleness. It changes the way they attend school, the way they play sports, the way that they do insert whatever's position in life what changes every aspect of their lives. And because if we have been redeemed by Christ, meaning Christ died for us to be saved, then we now live in light of that reality so that we live for him, not for ourselves. And so the way we now live is totally different than we would if we did not know Christ. And so we live in such a way that brings God glory, honor, and praise and brings the name of Christ known in everything we do. Some very practical things is that it changes the way we parent our kids. It changes the way that we live in relationship to our husband or wife. It changes the way that we live in relationship to our fellow church members that when they maybe do things that are different from us or that we have a hard time understanding or maybe when someone offends us and treats us badly, it means that we do not respond in the same regard but rather with grace and mercy. 
It means that when we have relationships with lost individuals, that we don't expect for them to put their nice little church clothes on and act a certain way, but rather we rightly understand that they do not know Jesus, so therefore they may look much like the world. You know, to David here and myself, uh, though we may not have kept up with him as much lately, uh, I know I haven't, he may have, but years ago we were big uh, Lecrae fans. And Lecrae, um, not, definitely not the only person that has ever said this, though he's the one that I remember saying it, so therefore gets the credit here, is um, really talked one time about, you know, I wouldn't get mad at an individual individual for stepping, stepping on my shoes, or I think he may have said the word kicks, uh, stepping on my shoes if he were blind. Much like us as individuals can't get mad at the lost individual for acting lost. And so the gospel transforms the way we even look at those in our lives. And so for the believer, the gospel transforms everything. Yeah, which kind of add on that between the believer and non-believer. Um, I know unbelievers sometimes they look at the gospel as, you know, a, a set of rules that we have to follow. And I feel like in somewhat in today's churches, you know, the gospel for believers is taught as a bunch of rules, and that's just simply not the case. Um, it's, it is, you know, stuff that we need to follow, but it's followed through grace. You know, it, it's not something that, you know, if you don't get this right, you know, you're done, you're out. But it's it's something that, like James said, it, it transforms us. It works through us. The deeper we get into the gospel, the more we understand God's love, God's truth, um, that it it becomes part of our everyday life. Um, like he said, it you know, it begins to change how we think, how we react to stuff. And it instead of becoming just a bunch of rules, it's really you know something that becomes natural. And it's, um, if we love God and we love the gospel, then you know, it's something that's going to be part of our everyday life. That's right. Um, and it's, we won't see it as rules. We won't see it as something that we have to follow or we're going to hell, but we'll see it as, you know, something that will please God and that will grow the gospel because, you know, if we show the gospel in our lives, the more people are going to look at us less as um, people who carry the white-collar church crowd and more of, you know, the blue-collar disciple, the blue-collar apostle, the ones who's going to do something that's, you know, not something that's seen by everyday Christians. Yeah. Um, I feel like Christians nowadays who carry the gospel have a have a different look about them. Um, they're looked at as, you know, people who are higher or mighty that seem better, but in reality, we're just normal people every day yeah. who, you know, care and love for everybody and want, want somebody to get to heaven, want somebody to meet Jesus, meet God. Um, yeah, the only thing that separates the believer and the non-believer is the, their faith in Christ. Still yeah. sinful, still fallen. Yeah. Not perfect whatsoever, so... All right. Um, why is the gospel important for the church? Well, I think very similar to that of the believer, it transforms everything. So I don't want to spend as much time here, but it really changes everything they do. Um, and I think that that's something that every church should do is ask themselves, how does this insert whatever it may be in the church's life affect or speak to the nature of the gospel? So some examples of that would be is how does our Sunday gathering, how does our Sunday night or Wednesday night, or how does this event or that event, or maybe how does this song or that song, or how does these announcements, how can we 
just really take advantage of everything we do as a church and make sure the gospel is clearly proclaimed in what we do. Now, in just a minute, David's going to ask me the question is, why is the gospel important when planning a church? And at that point, I'm going to get very specific to Redeemer Church and how it's important to us. Um, so I don't want to go as in-depth here, but really simply that the gospel is crucial in every area of the church's life because the church is a bunch of individuals gathering together under the umbrella of, Christ, of Christ's forgiveness. So therefore, everything we do should be in light of the gospel. Yeah, I mean, um, just to kind of piggyback a little bit off of what you said, you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time, but um, when I was in high school learning how to... Um, do audiovisual. Um, the guy I learned from, you know, he taught me, you know, when we're inside the church building, uh, we're getting stuff ready for the morning worship. Um, you know, it's our goal as quote unquote leaders of the church to make sure that everybody gets the opportunity to get the full embrace of the gospel and the full embrace of Jesus, so that you know when they walk in there, you know, they have a chance to mm-hmm. have a chance to you know, see the gospel and understand who Jesus is and what the gospel is. Yeah, and I think that's the issue often. Um, not not trying to speak negative of any church, because I think every church is going to battle this because every church is made up of sinful people. But often when it comes to church life, we tend to focus on ourselves more than others. Um, and the reality, though, is that when we focus on the gospel, it means that we focus on the other believers worshiping beside of us, mm-hmm. which I, I know I was going to give you the opportunity to ask me the question, but I just want to jump into it because I think it's so relevant. Right. Is Why is the gospel important when planting a church? Uh, and to kind of make that even more personal, why is the gospel important when planting Redeemer Church? And it's simply because the gospel transforms everything we do. The gospel is why we're planting Redeemer because there's people in the Columbus and Caledonia area that does not know Jesus. About 70% actually. Um, There's no churches outside of a few. Um, There's no Baptist churches to my knowledge that are representing what the revelations would paint a picture of what the church would look like. And I think one clear picture of the gospel is having a church that is made up of a multi-demographic because the gospel transcends all areas of life. And so the reason why we're planting Redeemer and the reason why we have the mission statement of really desiring and striving to plant a multi a church that is multi-demographic of community of believers with the purpose of glorifying God and proclaiming the gospel by making disciples and resting in Christ is simply because the gospel has transformed our lives. And so our desire is to reach unbelievers, new believers, and people that are coming to the area, if it be through the college or the Air Force community, and impact their lives with the gospel. And so the gospel is going to be made clear in every song we sing and in the way in which we pick our songs. The gospel is going to be made clear in the way we present scripture. The gospel is going to be made clear uh, prayerfully in the way that we live in community with one another. The gospel is going to be made clear in the way we make our decisions. And not that we're any special church or anything like that. All churches strive to do this. And so just like every other church in the Columbus and Caledonia area, our desire is to accomplish this. And we're not going to be perfect in it. We're going to fall in this. But I think that is another way that the gospel could be made clear. It's acknowledging, you know, we we screwed up with this this time. 
we could have done better in depending on God or Christ or the gospel to do this in the life of the church, but rather we depended on our preferences or our desires or even our ability to do something outside of God's control instead of trusting in him. And so it's about not only striving to do what is right by letting the gospel transform this, but it's also understanding that when we don't, that we then rest in Christ to accomplish it for us. Yeah, I mean, our goal is to essentially just to spread the gospel. I mean, we're going to fail, we're going to learn, but the goal in this is just to spread the gospel and to get the gospel into the community. Um, you know, there's several places in this you know, community, in the Columbus, Caledonia areas, and um, just around where you know there's definitely not many churches, and the gospel is definitely not being um, spread. And you know, there's opportunities. There's um, people that can definitely be impacted by this. Uh, no matter what your background is, what your ethnicity, um, how you grew up. Um, what you're doing right now, what's your financial status. Nobody cares about that. We just care about, you know, where you are spiritually. Um, I think there's a Brandon Heath song, if I'm not mistaken, or Matthew S., where it says, you know, Jesus talked about church looking more like a hospital. Mm. And yeah. that's kind of our goal. We, we, don't, we don't care where you've come from. We just care about the spiritual aspect and where you are with Jesus and where you stand. Because at the end of the day, um, that's what's going to matter. It's not going to matter how good of a job you have or where you are in your marital status, your tax bracket. It does not matter with that. It matters where you stand with Jesus because at the end of the day, that's what matters because, you know, every person, no matter who you are, you know, you were made by God with his own hands. Um, so at the end of the day, where you are with him matters way more than what you'll ever get out of a football game, whatever you get out of um, um, a song or a movie, it all matters where you are with him and where's your heart stand with him. And so my prayer would be that this episode um, would be beneficial to you and look forward to in weeks to come addressing the second part of the gospel, uh, which is men. Now, in between now and then, there's going to be several conversations on the mission statement and the core values that's simply because we're addressing each of these areas of the gospel as we gather for our monthly worship services. That way we can expose and explain why Troy and I have decided, Troy's the other elder at Redeemer, have decided to pick up pick out worship songs in the, the order we have on Sunday gatherings, but also so we can make sure the gospel is clearly understood by those in attendance as well as being the center focus of the church. But as we get ready to end this episode, and I plan on ending every episode with this same set of scripture, and I know that this may be redundant to you, but my prayer would be that it would be a constant reminder to live out the gospel. And that is Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We hope that this has been edifying for you and that you would live out the gospel in every area of your life. God bless. Thank you.